everyone. Welcome to TCU's Three Wise Men special episode of Round Ball Review. Uh, for the first time, I finally gave the finger to Texas Tech and decided to be available midweek. So I finally get to be here, but Jacob is still our wisest wise man here on this particular topic right now. So Jacob, let's get it started. How uh, how are you feeling about our victory over Houston Christian this week? Overall, I thought this this uh, game was something that we needed to see from the team. We came off of a really rough game against Alcorn State, and we saw that reflected in our power rankings where we were jumped by Baylor. And I think that this game was kind of refreshing for fans to see. We actually blew them out. We've blown out every team, but this game was not in doubt at all for the second half. The first half, we did get off to a slow start, though, I thought. Yeah, I that was my biggest takeaway of the game. I, I'll i admit I didn't make it through to the end of the game yet, so I, I didn't quite see the finish. But the start was very slow, and it was never a real concern. I mean, the, the TCU announcers we had doing the ESPN Plus broadcast, as they went to commercial break, were doing their job and being like, wow, Houston Christian is rolling off to a start, quick start. But we real, realistically knew, slow start or not, we were going to run away with this team. But that that slow start after slow start after slow start is concerning this early in the season. It's good that we're finishing strong, but I, I get worried seeing that slow start every game. I will say we had six total turnovers this game, which is absolutely incredible as a total number, but I think like four or five of the six turnovers came within the first four minutes. It, it was just sloppy. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, obviously like that was the slide, but also if you take those first four minutes out and you say the rest of the game, we had two turnovers. If I recall from our last episode, we lost the turnover or not lost, tied the turnover turnover battle with a nobody last week. So we can't be giving up four turnovers in the first couple minutes. We can't be losing to nobodies in the first couple minutes. But the fact that the remainder of the game, once we got that sloppiness worked out, is even against the nobody, effectively only two turnovers the entire game is important. Yeah, it was really, really nice to see. Um, yeah, the, and, and I thought we started playing quicker. Really, and that's yeah. when we started turning it on. When we started running and forcing turnovers, we forced a ton of turnovers this game. And when we started doing that is really when when we came alive. We forced 24 turnovers this game. Great number. And even the announcers talked about that a lot where they said uh... – they said this basketball team looks like the basketball equivalent of Kendall Bryles offense, which made me want to kill myself real quickly. But what they really meant was just that high speed. And they were talking about how we have one of the, they were talking about how we averaged 13 seconds with the ball this season so far. That's really quick play. Yeah. This game really reflected that. And, and that number is kind of skewed because we do like to get out on the fast break and run. Yeah. We have 36 fast break points this game, and eight that's 18 possessions at the fewest of like a three or four second possession. 
and that's not counting three pointers. So it might have been we, like sixty. We lead the country in fast break points or, or fast breaks, right? I would say I think yeah. the announcer said that roughly sixty-four times in the amount I had seen it. But I, I hadn't fact-checked it myself, but I heard that a lot. We're killing it there. Yeah, yeah, and that number of points is reflected in our overall shooting percentage as well, which was, I think it might've been the highest of a game this year. We shot 58% from, from the field and we had 26 assists on 39 field goals. That's a two to three ratio for assist to field goals. Fantastic. Again, couldn't want anything else other than that. That it's good team offense. Couple more stats that, I thought stood out. We had 22 free throws. So that's our second game in the in a row getting getting to the line over 20 times. And we shot 82%. So another really good game from the free throw line. That's really good. You said 82%? Yeah, 82%. That's fantastic. Yeah, the three-pointers we didn't shoot as well. We were under 30% as a team just under 30%, but under 30%, five of 17. It's kind of disappointing because we know that the guys have worked on that. But that being said, Jacoby Coles missed both of his attempts. That doesn't normally happen. Tennyson only took one shot, one three, and he missed that. I am hoping that three-point shooting – improves going into conference play. You never know what's going to happen when you start playing actual opponents, but that's, that, that is my, my hope. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, cause the truth of the matter is if we, if we shot three pointers, even okay, just not bad. We're looking at 120 points on Houston Christian, which is insane for this. I mean, we, in past years, we don't score 100 a lot, even against the nobodies. So the fact that we could be looking at a number like that is wild. But we have to get the three-pointing shooting in, in line for that to work. And we're not going to be putting up 100 against Big 12 teams. So we need the three-point shooting to keep us in in competition. Uh, we might put up 100 against like West Virginia or Oklahoma State. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I meant legitimate Power Five conference teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say though we mentioned it on our last episode how balanced this team was. Yeah, and well, that, that was also reflected in this game. Yeah, that was another one of the buzzwords that I think I heard the announcers say a lot was that uh, we were a team by committee. There was no one person running away. It was everybody was doing a little bit. Yeah, we we had four guys in double digits. Uh, six six of our guys were over eight, and every single person who scored had over four points, and that's including like two walk-ons. I mean, this game is kind of silly because we could have probably scored 120 if we'd left our actual rotation players in. We put Tyler Lundblade in at like eight minutes left. And then Darius Ford came in with three minutes left or something like that. So I think that there will not be a lack of offense this season for our team, regardless of three-point shooting. 
or not. I think offensively we'll be fine. Defensively, I think we'll be all right as well. Uh, 63 points to Houston Christian. BYU allowed, I think, 68. They did score 110. But BYU's ranked number 10 in the country in Ken Palm right now, which props to them. They've had a phenomenal season so far. And props to you and Barrett for calling that before anyone else, that BYU would be sneaky good this season. Hey, man, the Mormons. Don't underestimate Provo. Anyway, talking about specific players, Eman had his first big kind of breakout game of the year, I thought. He finished with 19 points. And I think something about him is he seems to be the only player on the team who doesn't really start slow. Yeah. Yeah, that was noticeable. And that was another thing. Um, They were talking a lot before the game with uh, – who was it we had out this game? Uh, Chuck. Yeah, they were talking a lot about uh, Emmanuel Miller having to step up with Chuck out. And, I mean, again, it's Houston Christian, but he did step up. He didn't start slow. He was there from the beginning and played to the end. At yeah, least I agree. As far as I got. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems like he has four to six points in the first three minutes of every single game. And whether or not he sustains it throughout the game is the question with him. And if yeah. he can, then he's an all all first team Big 12 uh Big 12 performer. It's just some games he doesn't. And I don't know whether it's a lack of confidence or teams switch up their game plan to guard him differently or he just becomes more passive. But if he wanted to, he could have 19 points every single game. He's a good finisher. He's strong around the rim. Good with his back to the basket. He can square up and knock it down a mid-range shot, occasional three-pointer. But sometimes it just seems that he passes off on opportunities. And this game, he did not. So that's where we saw his stat line jump. Yeah, for sure. Micah Peavy, again, he, he was our second leading scorer this game, tied with Jameer Nelson. Both of them had 15 points, but... He continues to impress me and Barrett, um, who mentioned him in his in his game notes. But he continues to impress both of us. He had a couple nights plays. Seems to be averaging a made three-pointer per game, which is a huge step from last year when he ran, especially the year before when he couldn't hit water if it fell out of a bucket. And I think his ability to drive and create for himself in our half-court offense, sets him apart from everybody else on this team. Well, and that's that's one of those things that makes such a difference to a to a team. Like this is to over. I don't want to compare him this much, but like the reason TCU football went to a national championship last year was Max Duggan's ability to create for himself. An athlete being able to create something for himself like that is hard to measure and hard to give a stat to show that they're able to do it. But when an athlete really can show up and, like you said, create for themselves, it goes a long way. And that makes Micah Peavy a lot more impressive. Yeah, and last year we had Mike Miles, who could do that. Mm -hmm. This year, I haven't really seen it from Jameer yet. It's only been six games, and we played against crap teams, so you don't really know. But Micah's kind of stepped up into that role when there's five seconds on the clock 
who are you going to give it to that's not just going to take a fadeaway three-pointer or a bad mid-range shot? Who's going to get to the rim, create something for himself, try and get a good possession or rescue a good possession from nothing? And I think Micah can do that. He has the body awareness, athleticism, and control to do it. And I, I we saw it several times this game, I thought. Jameer had a great game. He uh, he got mentioned in our previous podcast that this would be the first game where he would really get tested against a traditionally sized point guard. Not only did he not disappoint, he showed up and got like a beautiful poster block that could have been a volleyball player. He was as high in the air as you could ask him to be. He showed up and showed up big. And that was obviously one big exciting moment. But across the board, he got the first double-double of the season, I think, for anyone, and only one turnover. He did his job, and he he played really impressively. I, he blew me away. Yeah, I, I saw on Twitter that TCU Basketball posted the video of him blocking it and tagged the volleyball team, who I believe just made the NCAA tournament. They so did. They, they also shared that tweet with a volleyball t- critique saying it was good form. <laughs> Yeah, so Jameer, once your basketball career ends after you play professionally wherever you do, maybe you have a career in volleyball. We have an NCAA tournament team for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I thought, move, moving on from Jameer, I thought that this was the first game where Coles didn't necessarily play as well on offense. He still had 12 points. But or I won't say as well, but he wasn't lights out like he was in the past few games. He he had 12.6 boards, but the mid-range shots he had been knocking down, the three-pointers he had been knocking down just didn't fall for him this game. Not his fault. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. They will throughout the year for him. He's he's a consistent player. His game has a very high floor. Not worried about him scoring. I still think he'll probably lead us in points for the year. Yeah, and then after him we had Uday, who you both you guys noted as a little confusing because he's got the physical talent and the potential, but he doesn't seem to shoot the ball and more throw it at the rim. Doesn't really have any touch at all. And I, I like you have a note that he reminds you of a young Kevin Samuel. Um which I, this may be my bad take. That I, I see that as a compliment. I loved Kevin Samuel. Kevin Samuel was good until he wasn't for us. I, I think his last year for playing for TCU, he had little to no effort at all that's, on the court. That's fair. If he were better, he probably would have ended up somewhere better than Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah. But like, like, like you said, Uday is a little bit confusing because he does have that physical ability to do it. But when he gets the ball on an offensive rebound or the ball is passed to him in the post, he doesn't go for a layup. If, if you watch him, he just kind of throws the ball at the rim, like you said. And most of the time he gets fouled because he's throwing it so hard that the refs just are like, something has to be off here. But (laughs) I wish he would go up with a little bit more control. He could have some, and ones, some put back opportunities rather than going to the line and, maybe making one out of two. Yeah, well, because the thing is, he really is physically capable of making that happen. 
I mean, he's got the right bill for it. If he just went for that, he could very well make that happen. And he just kind of doesn't yet. Not yet. It, it will happen. I think yeah. that's just a maturity thing. Get him with Mustafa and Cork. Yeah. Well, and, and to be fair, if those mistakes are going to happen and if it's going to take him a few games to warm up and get better at that, I'd rather see that against Houston Christian than in a few weeks against the Big 12. It's just a matter of getting that as we get to Big 12 play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of Cork and Mustafa, Cork, I thought, had his best game of the year. Or maybe last game was his best game. But his play has definitely improved as this as as we've warmed up into the season i've thought uh he was solid all around the rim uh against houston christian and he had a really nice assist uh, i don't remember who it was to but i remember watching the game and thinking that was a really nice pass um so he's he's really developing into a great secondary big for us mustafa i thought played decently uh but he played the fewest minutes of the bigs by a lot this game. He played nine minutes. Cork had 14, and Mustafa had 17. So that minutes disparity, I think it's kind of to be expected. I'm a huge Mustafa fan, but he doesn't have the athletic ability or the ceiling of the other two. I will say that uh, his free throw percentage has kind of – Surprised me this year. He's a career like 62, 63% free throw shooter. He's at 70% right now. He was two for two the other night. So good for him. That's, yeah, that's something that any day of the week. If your big man shoots 70% from the line, your team's in a really good place. <laughs> Especially this team that has not been great in free throws for several years. Our big man shooting that well is great. Yeah, since Vlad, maybe. Yeah, well, that I think he was the last one to shoot. Vlad shot. Vlad honestly was our best free uh, free throw shooter at the time because we as a team just kind of suck at free throws, so no one else was good. But Vlad was relatively consistent, and I don't remember the last time that someone has been that a big man has been. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember the one game. I think it was against Texas Tech. You and I were there. And Kevin Samuel got fouled at the beginning of the game. Tech was ranked. We weren't. I think it was the Desmond Bain season. And Samuel got fouled in the first, like, 30 seconds, and he made both free throws. And I turned to you and said, we're winning this game. <laughs> I do remember that. And then we did win the game. <laughs> well, that was the only indicator we needed. <laughs> Moving away from our big men, uh, I thought Avery Anderson was good this game. What do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. He, uh, no, sorry, he was he was really good, good off the bench. The the pace of the play we talked about how it's a lot faster this game that suited him very well. He got five assists and four steals, and then on top of that, nine points. I I think he did a great job. Yeah, I, he's grown into. I was a little bit concerned about his him being the primary ball handler when Jameer Nelson wasn't on the court. But he's kind of grown into the role the past couple games. We saw it tonight. Uh, I thought he was great off the bench. And if he's coming off the bench during the season, he's going to be one of the top. He, he's going to be one, maybe the top sixth man in the Big 12. Yeah. Well, and that's also that. 
that's another piece of that whole team by committee coming. I mean, even coming off the bench, we've got just great guys coming from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's looking good. I am still kind of waiting for Travion Tennyson to go off in one of these games. He he had eight points this past game. They were all on twos. He made some like really, really nice moves around the basket, which I didn't know he had. So that was really encouraging to see. But he missed a wide open three. I'm I'm waiting for him to just go off. I know he's a sniper and a great sharpshooter. But and luckily we haven't needed him to go off. I think there will be games this season where he will be on the floor, despite I think a little bit of his defensive liabilities. He will be on the floor though, simply because he is a sniper. So I, I'm just waiting to see it from him. Yeah, we probably like you said we haven't needed to see it yet, but we certainly will. There were really two two more guys that I really wanted to highlight, though. Um, Tyler Lundblad. I mentioned that he played like seven, eight minutes this game, I believe. He made his first career three, at least first three at TCU. So congratulations to him. I, I think he had five points, four points. Um, congrats for him. And then Darius Ford, the I think he's a walk-on point guard. He had a nice layup off of a Avery Anderson assist, and then he nailed a step back three in a guy's face to put us to 101 points with like nine seconds remaining. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. And I believe with that shot, TCU covered the spread. We are not just a good team. We're a great team. Great team. Great team. So good for him to go though get in the game and score some points. That, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Good for good for him. Always fun to see guys you don't really get playing time on a normal basis get some playing time, get some run with the team. Rebounding was an issue this game. Just to just to wrap up, um, we were out rebounded, thirty six to thirty one. Uh, we had. We gave up like a 26% offensive rebounding rate, which is just terrible. They missed uh, 39 shots, and they had 10 offensive rebounds. We need to secure that. Houston Christian's not a good team, as we've said. If we allow that rate of offensive rebounds, not good. Well, and if I recall correctly, a lot of what carried us last year was us being a good offensive rebounding team last year. That brought us a long way. We cannot be losing the rebound battle to Houston Christian. We we yeah. can't even really afford to be losing the rebound battle when it gets to Big 12 play. But we really can't be losing it against now 0-5 Houston Christian. Yeah, and I wanted to attribute it to us getting a lot of turnovers. So we just didn't have as many opportunities to get rebounds because they just didn't have as many shots. They had 64 shots. We had 67. So the opportunity is there. Yeah. It's and like, just don't wrong, good for us on the turnovers. I'm glad they didn't have more opportunities to get shots. But at the same time, if it's 64 and 67, we're looking at about the same number of shots and not at work. We should be blowing them out of the water 
if we're getting about the same number of shots, our rebound should be significantly more than theirs in that case. Yeah, I completely agree. And something else to go along with this is our bigs, Uday, Cork, and Mustafa had five combined rebounds. Like, what is that? I don't know if the coaching scheme has changed, strategy has changed. I'm going to be watching for that in the Georgetown game. But if the if the strategy has changed to where the big just takes their man out of the way, so boxes him out, out of the way, doesn't worry about getting the rebound, but his man is not going to get the rebound. So that then, like, Coles or, or Miller can then clean up. But I want to see more than five rebounds yeah. from our big. Uday had two, Cork had two, and Mustafa had one. I, I want to see more than that. Yeah, that's not enough. But despite the rebounding disparity, overall, I thought it really was a great game. Something that we needed to see a true, true blowout. Yeah. Where we could get our bench in at 10 minutes, 15 minutes left in the game. Uh, I'm looking forward to Georgetown, seeing how our team competes against like a smaller team, faster team with these with talented guards, at least. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. The Georgetown game will be good. A good Clemson game's coming up. I'm sure we'll get into all of that on our episode this weekend. But there's there's a lot to look forward to. And this was a really good game with that. Thank y'all for tuning in to this special episode of Round Ball Review. Follow us on Twitter, TCU's Three Wisemen. Follow our regular weekly podcast episodes that'll come out this, or I guess this coming Monday, TCU's Three Wisemen. And have a fantastic day. And as always, go Frogs.